Hey everyone, Fraser here. Once again, this episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by our good friends at Casper Mattresses. Of course, I've now been sleeping on a Casper mattress for almost two years now, and I still like it. In fact, I went into a mattress store just to kind of look around, and it's crazy. They're not as comfortable, and they're way more expensive. So once again, I'm glad I've got two Casper mattresses in the house. And I really appreciate their support in sponsoring Astronomy Cast. Of course, you can order a Casper mattress risk-free. They send it in this really cool box that sort of, again, defies the laws of physics. You don't know how they broke space-time to get a mattress in there. Try it for 100 days. If you don't like it, return it. They'll pick it up free in Canada or the United States. So if you want to get a special $50 off your Casper mattress, go to casper.com astro and use the promo code ASTRO. Thanks again, Casper. AstronomyCast, episode 453. Favorite things we've done over 10 years. Welcome to AstronomyCast, our weekly facts-based journey through the cosmos, where we help you understand not only what we know, but how we know what we know. My name is Fraser Kane. I'm the publisher of the Universe Today. With me is Dr. Pamela Gay, the Director of Technology and Citizen Science at the Astronomical Society of the Pacific and the Director of CosmoQuest. Hey, Pamela, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Fraser? I'm doing super well. This is the penultimate show. It is, but only of the season. We are coming back. Yes. As long as there's like no catastrophes, we are coming back in September. So we are ending our 10th season, isn't Ten that? 10 seasons. All those people who are like jumping on the old podcast bandwagon, like heard about this thing called podcast. And the hilarious thing is like you were podcasting years before, before we even started Astronomy Cast. I, with Slacker Astronomy, we launched on Valentine's Day in 2005, and Adam Curry had to add science and technology as a category in the pod, podio directory because there weren't any before us. Now, I am sad to say today that we don't have any new patrons to thank a, who've come on board on the $10 level and above. So I'm just going to thank last week's patrons again to double thank. In fact, I'm going to well, thank a bunch should, of them. <clears throat> you should thank all of the $10 level patrons. I don't have the list in front of me. but I will pull up the list. You blather while I pull up the list. Can you? And I can you thank people. Think yes. the, you thank the, the $10. I can do this. All right. I'm but ready. you have to entertain people while I look it up. <laughs> Dear, actually, tell everyone while I'm looking this up your, your favorite story about how our show got started. Because you were the one that picked the first topic, and we could not have had a better first topic. Do you mean how Astronomy Cast actually? Be We've already started the show, haven't we? This, this yes. is you. You're breaking all the rules today. Okay, I am. Um, okay, so you want you want to know how Astronomy Cast like happened? Yeah. Okay, sure. So back in 2007, like you, the podcast thing had gotten super exciting, and I was listening to a ton of podcasts already. And I wanted to make one, but I knew that I was really busy. So I wanted to figure out a way to do a podcast with somebody where I didn't have to do a lot of preparation uh, work in advance. 
So, uh, so I reached out to Phil Plate, of course, and Phil Plate and I had already, you know, very good friends. We had already merged our communities together into the uh, Bat Astronomy Universe Today Forum, aka Bout. And I was like, "Hey, Phil, can, do you want to do a podcast where we just like just yak every week about astronomy?" And Phil, Phil was he was already beyond busy, and he was like, "Man, I would love to, but." I am so busy already. I know that I can't commit to something like that on that on that regular basis. But I know somebody who would be better than me, in fact. And he mentioned that he knew you. Now, how did you know Phil? So we actually know each other from before he was the bad astronomer. Uh, he was a PhD astronomer working at Goddard. He went from Goddard. I don't know if there was an intermediate step that I've forgotten, but he ended up working at Sonoma State University in Lynn Kaminsky's group. And uh, we were both at the High Energy Astrophysics Conference in Las Cruces. We were both at AAS meetings. And we were the weirdos who were PhD scientists and journalists writing blogs. And there was, I remember there was one time we were both live blogging side by side in a NASA town hall as fast as our little fingers could type. And it was, who can post this to WordPress faster? It was totally friendly competition because uh, we both have our own spin on things. And, and so we knew each other from that side of things when we were both working off of federal grants. And he was the smart one, and he's now making his own way in the world with far less paperwork to fill out. And so you talked to him, and had you know, so he was familiar with what you were doing, and and so I, you know, I suggested the show to him, and he's like, nope, can't do it, but talk to Pamela because she was doing Slacker Astronomy, and I was familiar with Slacker Astronomy, and I didn't realize that you guys had had kind of wrapped up Slacker Astronomy. So we were just wrapping up Slacker Astronomy because I was moving from Boston to Edwardsville and uh, one of the other members was just starting graduate school. And so there was a whole lot of transitions going on. We're handing the show over to Michael Koppelman, who did a great job with it for several years. And it was time for new things. And this show came along. And I can now thank the people who are keeping the show going along. Oh, well, let's take a second now. Before we get to that thrilling next part of the story, why don't you go ahead and thank some people? Okay, so I would like to thank uh, Clem Unger, Joe, oh boy, Joe oh, how you like Corveris, this? Mm -hmm. Chad Colopi, uh, Greg Guthman, Frank Tippin, Arthur Latz Hall, Tracy Ann, James Poley, uh, Les Howard. Paul D. Disney, Tim Shu, Paul Scoose, Brian Kilby, David Power, Gordon Dewis, Bart Flaherty, uh, Tyrone Fong, uh, Margot Robinson, Kenneth Ryan, Anthuser. I'm going to go with Anthuser. Um, Chauncey Wilson, Sylvan Westby, um, Helga Bjorkong, I'm sorry, Hel I'm I'm sorry. I will I will get that right someday. Yeah, I don't um, think we can. Bill Bill Hamilton, Charles White, Matt Woods, Joe Green, David Trog. Uh, you are our ten dollar and up and up and up patrons, and thank you. You allow us to plan for the future when you donate to us through this continuing donation system. So back to our story. I talked to you. And so Phil gave me your email address and I reached out to you and I 
I knew you already had the chops, so I pitched the the format to you. And and the funny thing is is that, and if you go back right to the back to the beginning of Astronomy Cast, the format is essentially untouched from the moment we developed it. And the gist was, you know, I really enjoyed Slacker Astronomy, but it was scripted. It was scripted. And you could hear it. You could tell that there was sort of, you had your part, they had their part, everyone was doing their parts. And and although, you know, bec- you know I do the Guide to Space uh, videos and they're scripted, but with that interplay, with that interaction, it never sounded totally human to me. <laughs> and so that was sort of part of it. Like, I was like, I clearly, and there were some other podcasts that were sort of these conversations that I really enjoyed. There was this, uh, the Slate Political Gab Fest is one of my favorite podcasts. I've been listening to it for the whole time. And and they have this sort of natural conversation. And that sort of came out around the same time, a little before Security us. Security Now. Security Now, that's right. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Security Now, that's right. With Leo Laporte and, oh no, I forget the name of the security researcher. Uh, there you go. Colin Jones, Steve Gibson said, is the name of the other person on Security Now. That's exactly it. Um, I don't know if they still do this show. But yeah, that was exactly it. Leoport was knowledgeable, enthusiast, amateur, and was interviewing an expert about this topic. And and I really enjoyed that that format. And so that was sort of, you know, we Frankensteined a bunch of these ideas together and proceeded. And I was that I reached out to you and within days? It was a week. Yeah. Between the first conversation and recording. And we got amazingly lucky because the world kind of decided to throw out an awesome first topic. Right. Our first topic was why Pluto wasn't a planet. And this was because we pretty much decided to start doing the show about the same day that Pluto stopped being a planet. Yeah. So literally just with, it was fresh news back in 2007. When we, six. Six, sorry, when we started Astronomy <laughs> Cast. Um, and so we picked that topic and then we, and then there was just an unlimited number of topics that we could go after um, and did. <laughs> and we kept trying experiments as we went. For a while, we tried doing strictly question shows where we had people send us in questions because we were doing this back before there was really the technology to do any of this to a live audience. So we were talking over Slack. I had my little M Audio podcast factory. You had your system. We didn't have Slack back then. Not Slack, Skype. We were using Skype, the other S word. That's right. We recorded the show in Skype. Yeah. And so we were talking in Skype, recording in GarageBand. Even you were on a Mac in those days. And we just kept going. And I know for me, one of the scariest programming changes we made was when you were like, let's do this with live video. And I was like, I... Do you not know how I feel about this? <laughs> well, and so the going with the live video, that was all about the Google Plus rollout. So Google Plus rolled out in 2011, and there was this idea of Hangouts. And so we started to play around with Hangouts just kind of privately and with fans, and, and people were sort of using Hangouts to try and, you know, just sort of see what it's like to have a live video discussion, which people, no one had ever done, right? Um, and so then we did that, and then Google released this idea called Hangouts on Air. And so we used the Hangout to do the show, 
And we would invite all of our up to 10 people to come and join us inside the hangout while we did the show. And all they had to do was be quiet while we recorded our episode. And then once it was done, we'd stick around for, you know, another half hour and, and answer their questions. But it was only for 10 people. And we got lucky because we, between what we were doing with Astronomy Cast, what you pioneered with Let's Go Look at the Moon and the virtual star parties, and both of us trying to make the Google Plus platform a success, we caught the eye of Vic at Google, and he really did a lot of work to open the doors for us to be one of the first groups to get access to Hangouts on Air when it was invitation only. Mm-hmm and get us verified and allow us to just do the stuff. We had so many experiments over the years that failed. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you remember when we tried doing enhanced yes. podcasts? Yeah. So just just an idea. So this was probably a year, two years into doing this. iTunes had this enhanced podcast format that you could use where while the podcast was going on, you could display pictures on the screen of your iPod. This is pre-iPhone, folks. Pre-iPhone, barely, yeah. And so you could be listening on your iPod, and we selected a bunch of pictures to go along with the episode. And so while you were listening, you could be almost like seeing a slideshow of interesting images that were associated. Totally flopped. And it took me six hours an episode to do the graphics, and it totally flopped. Yeah. We did that like five times. Yeah, yeah, and then and nobody wanted to see them and we could tell that nobody was watching them. We tried like low res versions of it. We did like a, like for people who were living with very bad internet. Um so that was uh that was pretty funny. Um and then but I think yeah, doing being able to do the live shows sort of changed everything just because we can actually be doing the show and interacting with the fans and talking with them. And we're able to kind of mash the question show back into the live show, back into the recording of Astronomy Cast. And so if you show up while we do the show live every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, you can just hang out with us and talk before and after we actually do the show. So it's so the show is actually an hour long. Um, and I guess our more recent advancement is uh, is that we added the whole raw feed. If you want, you get it as a podcast. Now, we had never met for the first while. It's true. So we had talked a bit when we did our basically Council of Doom podcasts over on Slacker, where we reached out to all of the astronomy new media people and we were like, hey, will you join us for an hour and we'll talk? And so we'd, we'd done that, but we didn't really know know each other. Then we started podcasting and we were slacking all the time and I got to know your kids and, but it was always two people talking through a video. Now, whenever Pamela says slack, just replace that with the word Skype. Oh, dang it. Yeah. This is sort of like that episode where I kept screwing up Neptune and Newton. Those are also not the same thing. Stuart Butterfield, you're welcome. Okay. (laughs) So we were talking through, through Skype and... It was finally the summer of 2007 that we were in Austin, Texas. No, it was, uh, sorry, winter uh, meeting 2008. So January 2008. So we'd, we'd been going for a year and a half at that point. 
And there was a meeting of the American Astronomical Society in Austin, Texas. And we had funding from the National Science Foundation to test our ability to live blog the conference and explain to the world everything that was going on back before Twitter was a thing. But we also tried to live stream the video, right? We did. Yeah. So so our, our National Science Foundation funding allowed us to madly type. It allowed us to stream all of the press conferences and the awards. And so there's a whole crew of us. It was you, me, Phil. I had three students. And we were all down in Austin meeting for the first time while sharing a hotel suite. <laughs> and it was just one of those crazy experiences. And it was like we'd known each other forever. Mm -hmm. And... It wasn't the first time we met, although it it was actually, I think, one of the first times I saw your face. And I was so confused because you just you didn't look like radio voice guy. Right. And now I think it's funny, like when people see my picture, they don't think they know what I'm going to sound like. And when people hear what I sound like, they don't think they know what I'm going to look like. But now I think because I do so much video, everyone is accustomed to both my haunting visage and my screeching sound together to uh, sort of bring the whole package home. But it's true. It's funny how, uh, well, what was, remember we were at Dragon Con, like a, I think a year after, and we were in line and talking to each other. And someone right in front of us turned around and went, are you Fraser and Pamela? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this has happened to us multiple times over the years where up until just a year or so ago when we started doing everything on video, uh, we were just two voices that put people to sleep each night. <laughs> oh, that's true. That So we, we get this email all the time and, uh, you know, like, oh, I really love the show. And, you know, I hope this doesn't make you mad, but I, I like to just listen to it to go to sleep. And I understand that. We do. Yeah. We really do. I fall asleep to some podcasts yep. as well. Yeah, me too. And so I guess that's the question. Right? Like, which of the podcasts that you just can't bring yourself to play when you're trying to go to sleep because you want to hear every second of it. So, Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we hadn't met. Now, we've, over the course of the 10 years, so we've had a chance to do a bunch of pretty fun adventures. It's true. So we try and tie all of our adventures to science. We've gone to a number of AAS meetings, and uh, there was one time that I was in Seattle, and you came down with your kids on the way to Disney. But I think the end-all, be-all was we went on a cruise, which is how we know so many of you out there in the audience, to uh, go to Mayan ruins on the day the Mayan calendar ended. Yeah. Yep. This was the first time you told me that I do something that apparently I'd been doing for years. Yes. And you want to let the audience in on what you failed to ever tell me I was doing? Sure. Uh, <laughs> you've, so I'm hoping that half the audience has noticed this, but Pamela is uh, un, uh, innocently uh, filthy mouthed. So, so she says, she says stuff that can be taken out of context so badly all the time 
that normally when you're hanging out with your friends, you would make a bunch of jokes when a person accidentally says something. Uh, I have to sort of um, shut up and just ignore and just pretend that she didn't say that because I don't want to call attention to the <laughs> thing she just said. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty funny that you do that. And so since then, uh, some of the the folks out there uh, that we've gotten to become really good friends with some of some of the people that we know because they were listening to this show. And um, two of them up in Sacramento, whose names I won't out because I don't know if they want me to. Um, so to my Sacramento friends, they don't let me get away with that. But unfortunately, we're not together face to face enough to actually change my ways. Yeah. So I think I think the point is, is that when you hear her and just completely not intentionally saying something that has, you know, two meanings, uh, feel free to uh, send her a tweet. Yeah. It's true. And you weren't on Twitter for the no. longest of times. Yeah. Yes. But now you are. Well, kind <laughs> of. I battle social media and and I I find it's a tough thing. I'm I'm a total grazer by naturally, right? And so I will sit there and update Reddit and update Reddit and see if there's a new email and all these this kind of thing. And at the same time, it is devastating to my productivity. And I have, I got a bunch of stuff to do. I got a full plate. And so I tend to have to turn that stuff off and not be around it. I actually purposefully, oh man, what was it? It was, so it was during the George Bush presidency and I was uh, the second election and I must've spent half of my time watching news, updating blogs, listening to political podcasts and like I'm a Canadian like like <laughs> what, what do I care who your president is but I we care right now um but I uh and I realized that it was toxic to my brain like I had to just not I just had to shut it all down and so now I don't read any news I don't really read Twitter I don't read I never read Facebook I don't do any of that and news, the important news still finds its way back to me. I, I, I did resubscribe to a couple of my favorite political podcasts so I can sort of stay on top of that. Like I really enjoy the Slate political podcast and I really enjoy um, On the Media. And so those sort of keep me connected. But apart from that, I really can't. And so, no, I, I'm amazed that you can have conversations with people on social media. I can't do it. This is why I do our office hours for Astronomy Cast, and those will be going throughout the entire summer, is I find my sanity in getting to share words with humans. Because one of the things that I think always surprises our audience is I'm the PhD astronomer, but I like maintain our website and write software and code. And you actually completed your CS degree mm -hmm. while we were recording this show. Yeah. And you spend your entire day working with words. Yes. So when my brain is like, oh, dear God, the only words I currently know are select, for, count, <laughs> some. Yeah. I'm like, I, I shall take a social media break mm -hmm. and talk to our audience. I had a great conversation yesterday on our weekly Space Hangout crew Slack channel. This time I actually mean Slack and not Skype. Yes. Where, where 
one of our audience members was just like, I need an astronomer. And I was like, I am an astronomer. And we talked about Doppler shift. And it was cool. And it was awesome. And I got to stop writing database code for a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So I think one of the most interesting things, we talked about some of the adventures that we've been on. And I, you know, honestly, I think the best is yet to come. We've got the eclipse trip coming up this year. Uh, You know, I'm doing a trip to Iceland with Dr. Paul Matt Sutter, and there's a really great response to that. And I think that we're, hopefully, if we can go out and do more of that kind of thing out in the world. I'd love to figure out more ways to do that. But one of the, I think, one of our collective kind of most meaningful greatest priorities is to get regular human beings, amateurs, intelligent amateurs, involved and participating in the science itself. And that's been a huge part of your career. So can you talk a bit about, about, you know, Galaxy Zoo and then into CosmoQuest and then sort of, you know, we had this sort of star chamber meeting at, again, at DragonCon and sort of, I think, set some decisions that sort of pushed everything forward. I actually, hold on. Uh, Okay. What's going on? So, pardon the destruction and carnage. Do you recognize this? So, store, citizen science, social media, blog, forums. So, back in 2011, you and I were at the... Marriott outside of Dragon Con and we didn't have any paper because it's us. Mm-hmm. And we asked the waitress for a piece off of her pad. Mm-hmm. And this is what she gave us. And you can see my really bad drawing at the bottom of ideas for a new citizen science project of how we needed to have badges and accomplishments, which we now finally have in CosmoQuest. <laughs> yeah. And we did this original map of what all would be required that turned into a PowerPoint slide that I've been showing for years. And we basically changed my career entirely mm-hmm. at that moment. Yep. And and this is one of those things where you've been casually sitting in the background, nagging publisher you. of Universe Today, <laughs> nagging me. <laughs> but I mean, you've gone through some amazing life changes we'll get to as well. But I keep recreating my career, which is one of those crazy things to do. Because when we first started, I had just arrived at Southern Illinois University. I was teaching classes. I was doing research on variable stars. And we were podcasting. And I get grumpy when people tell me I'm wasting my time on things. And the result of me getting grumpy about people telling me that we were wasting our time on the podcast was for me to publish research papers showing we had an impact. And so we did that. And you were like, have at it. You promoted the everything out of the surveys. We got all the responses. We got great research. 2008, when we were down in Austin... That was when I met the folks from then Galaxy Zoo. And a few months later, we got to talking about, well, what about creating the WordPress of citizen science? And we co-founded Zooniverse. And a couple of years later, you and I are sitting in a Marriott and we're like, okay, so how do we make it more than just clicking and turn it in Mm -hmm. 
to treating the citizen scientists the exact same way that I treat my students who are working at home. And that's I talk to them through the Internet. We don't have to have our students in front of us. And you really pushed me to stop having citizen scientists as how I solved a problem and have them as collaborators and peers. And that was excellent. One of the real benefits of us doing Astronomy Cast for so long was the outpouring of support and the emails and messages that we would get from the listeners who, for whatever reason, their career path had taken them down somewhere else. They ended up in computer science. They ended up as bankers. They ended up as teachers. They ended up as whatever life direction they ended up. But a love of space and astronomy and the cosmos was always part of who they were. And Astronomy Cast allowed them to sort of dabble in this thing that they'd always really enjoyed. But there was this kind of wistful sadness that they hadn't actually chosen as a career path and turned it into a and made those contributions to science that they always could have. And yet these were very smart people. They had amazing accomplishments. They had already achieved stuff in other fields. And I mean, come on. They just wanted to science. Yeah, this astronomy thing is not that hard. We can teach a five-year-old to identify craters on the surface of the moon. So we wanted to figure out a way to bridge that gap, to allow the people who who had always wanted to contribute to science but didn't have the time and money and resources to go out and get that proper degree, and then at the same time take those researchers who had done the work and, can, and who were hungry for knowledgeable people, and then just just work on both sides of this puzzle, you know, to make this two-sided marketplace. Help the researchers appreciate the capabilities of the citizens and at the same time help the citizens upgrade their skills and capabilities to a point where the two could come together and you would have this army of people who could move scientific progress forward without necessarily having to jump through this Ivy League tower mentality, right? Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's hard being an astronomer. And by hard, I don't mean the math. I mean, there are excruciatingly few jobs. It is painful trying to get grant funding. The amount of paperwork and bureaucracy and it's... I don't get to play with the science as much as I would like to. And if someone out there wants to have a creative, awesome job free of federal and state bureaucracy and earn sensational money, this isn't the field <laughs> for them. Go out, do computer science, do engineering, do writing, except the money's not so good there. Do something and then come do the fun part with the citizen science. Come work on the data analysis, enjoy the data. And sometimes when we're working on papers, we'll reach out and we'll want your input, your help. Come get to experience the good parts mm -hmm. without the tedious parts. Yeah. And, and the, the whole idea of Cosmo Academy is another way where you could like pick a specific topic, sit down for a set amount of time with a researcher in that field and learn directly from them. And I think, you know, this was the idea back in the beginning on that napkin there is let's come up with certifications, let's come up with credentials, let's let's have people gain 
in their current abilities to the point that they can show up for duty with a researcher and the researcher can know that these people have what they need. And the only problem that we've ever had with Cosmo Academy is we haven't had the money fall from the sky that allows us to do it for free like we do with Astronomy Cast. And paying instructors a living wage makes the classes expensive. And we're just going to keep looking mm -hmm. until we can find that money from the sky that allows us to offer knowledge for free, which I think is very important to both of us. So let's just, I, I don't know, we've sort of reached our normal length. Um, what does the future hold, do you think? Well, that's actually what we have scheduled for the entire next episode is looking forward to what are the things we have planned? What are the science discoveries we hope to see? Yeah. Let's place our bets. How long until we find the first world with free oxygen in its atmosphere and other signs of life? When is the first time we see, well, let's figure that out next week. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Pamela. Thanks to 10 years. And here's to at least 10 more years. I raise my coffee cup to you. I don't have one here, but... That's okay. We can fist bump here. We can fist bump. Boom. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Astronomy Cast, the nonprofit resource provided by Astrosphere New Media Association, Fraser Kane and Dr. Pamela Gay. You can find show notes and transcripts for every episode at astronomycast.com. You can email us at info at astronomycast.com, tweet us at astronomycast, like us on Facebook, or circle us on Google+. We record our show live on YouTube every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, or 20.30 GMT. If you missed the live event, you can always catch up over at cosmoquest.org or on our YouTube page. To subscribe to the show, point your podcatching software at astronomycast.com slash podcast.xml or subscribe directly from iTunes. If you would like to listen to the full unedited episode, including the live viewers' questions and answers, you can subscribe to astronomycast.com slash feed slash full raw. Our music is provided by Travis Searle, and the show was edited by Chad Weber. This episode of Astronomy Cast was made possible thanks to donations by people like you. Please give by going to patreon.com slash astronomycast.